So I want to start with the first uh, we covered yesterday on the eight verses of mind training with the thought of attaining awakening for the wealth of all beings who are more precious than the wish-fulfilling jewel I will constantly practice holding them dear Yesterday I talked about holding them dear that is not the prescription that is not the practice that it is the result of practices being able to hold yourself and others dear and uh, this text is a possibility for us to explore practices which makes it possible for us to hold ourselves and others dear aspect of the practice of holding others dear is to hold yourself dear and that is one capacity one skill your train in meditation the being with yourself so holding the different aspects of yourself the different members of the internal family system dear yeah, particularly those aspects of yourself and when i say yourself i'm talking about an open system a process so here yourself not as a singular autonomous separate me the illusion which is created by the narrative self but holding your experience as it is dear and holding the different aspects of yourself the different members of your internal family system dear particularly the ones you are harsh with particularly the ones you have excluded into the subconscious mind out into the cold trying to lock the doors So for us I think it's one of the most important directions what you exclude in yourself you exclude in others what you can't hold dear in yourself you can't hold dear in others So let's check in how is the weather the inner weather <coughs> and you really take the time to adjust your posture 
might want to close your eyes. And meeting yourself. So your awareness slides into the body, into, into the aliveness of the body. into your feet and legs, into the trunk of your body. Meeting yourself as a friend. possibility to lightly rest in the flow of the in and out breath. And then you rest in the midst of your experience. that there's parts of your body who feel more alive, more flowing, and parts who feel more stuck, more numb. And you just notice. That noticing is effortless. Thoughts have nothing to contribute to this. So just allow them to do their thing in the background, neither trying to suppress them nor, nor indulging them.
appreciating how whatever you experience is happening within the space of awareness, the space of consciousness. you notice that you want to attain something or you want to get rid of something, the out-breath, it's possible to relax that grasping, like a flower opening. If you get entangled, identified, you make a backward step into witness consciousness. Make a backward step into from where you are looking. doing nothing.
then within the space of your awareness arises in front of you the Buddha and teachers, masters who embody loving-kindness wisdom, courage, essence love and they rise within the space of awareness like the morning sun in the blue sky illuminating the boundaryless space of awareness with their loving gaze, with their warmth, and everything within the space of your awareness is illuminated by love. smell them, feel their presence. bathing it's not important to have visual images in the essence love with, which is always pervading underlying surrounding the present moment
the present moment, awareness you always have everything available. You need to be complete. You need to be whole. It's always available. just sitting in the presence of your mentors within the space of your awareness, like in a dream. You become, you become more and more like them. Every cell of your body. making the backward step and resting
within the space of your awareness, the images of your mentors dissolve and their energy, their essence of their light fills your body completely. Particularly in the heart area. And you become aware of the Buddha within. within. And from the sacred, centerless, boundaryless center, <coughs> essence love radiates through the pores of your body into all directions. The whole mandala of your life is illuminated by loving kindness and wisdom. presence and the future. And then you rest as the, as the source.
when we conclude this meditation with the aspiration of bodhicitta may this being awaken to its full potential for the benefit of all may this being grow up and wake up for the benefit of all say may this being wake up and because when we say I usually it lands in the narrative self so if in the sentence may I wake up and the I lands in the narrative self then that's not going to happen. The I will not wake up, can't wake up, doesn't want to wake up. And often our spiritual practice is the attempt of the narrative self to be a better narrative self. And that's not what spiritual practice is about. The I has to die or has to be seen as illusionary. You can't wake up as yourself. Although we try. So to use this being is just a way to relax that identification yesterday I talked about uh, holding others dear and that 
the most important insight here to allow that to emerge. It's not something we need to create, holding others, others dear. It is something to, di to, to discover within us. So to discover within us that which naturally, effortlessly holds everything dear. It's in its very nature to hold everything dear, including the narrative self. So the most important thing for us is to realize emptiness. To realize that there's nobody here. To to realize that the prison we experience is made up by the bricks of the narrative self, of the conceptual mind. And when that is seen or experienced, only love makes sense effortlessly, because that what remains is essence love. Then I suggested another kind of more relative, more provisional approach to this, and that is to start to relate to our, ourselves, to relate to this being, as a flexible <coughs> process, as a potential. Discovering and relating differently to the different aspects of yourself or the different members of your internal family system. And realizing that there's no one in control. And that within the internal family system, there are hurt parts. And these parts might act violently, greedy, jealous, addicted. And if we start to see that in ourselves, we start to see that in others. And we don't fall into that trap of cognitive fusion, of focusing on one aspect of ourselves or a person, and then believing that is the person. That's me, the good, the not good enough me, the traumatized me, the addicted me, the violent me. And then responding to that hallucination, 
not responding to the complexity of yourself or another person, but to respond to that one aspect. If you see that, it's very easy to hold people dear. Because they just struggle and suffer just like you. So holding other people dear doesn't mean that you are supposed to become a doormat. Holding other people dear doesn't mean not to speak up in the face of injustice. Holding other people dear might mean that you will never see that person again. Holding other Holding other people dear, an expression of that, to give a kick in the ass. This is very important. Because there is aspect within us who feel when we hold someone dear, that means we need to love that person. I mean, love in the, in, the, in, in, the, in the sense of you can dislike someone and hold him dear. You can recognize it's dangerous for me to be around that person and still hold that person, person dear. You can hold a person dear and cut all contact. And probably even uh, from a from a spacious heart to uh, to set boundaries is probably even more effective than doing it from reactivity, doing it, doing it from hatred, doing it from self righteousness. That usually just escalates the situation, and it doesn't support your own well being. Hatred never does. Jealousy never does. Violence never does contribute to your fundamental well-being. There is this uh, nice image uh, in the Buddhist teachings that uh, being angry with someone or acting angry towards someone is like grabbing hot glowing coals with your own hands and then throwing them. So forgiveness is actually something you do for yourself, forgiving another person. Part of this is also understanding and seeing that everything you experience, you experience within. within awareness, within the space of your awareness. 
When you see that, you realize you meet only yourself. And even treating things in disrespectful ways is treating yourself disrespectfully. Because all you have is the space of your awareness. If you treat this thing respectfully, lovingly, gently, then you treat yourself respectfully, lovingly, gently. This is something to something to explore, something to experience, something to not only to understand intellectually, but directly. This is like a dream. So imagine you have a dream in the night about someone being violent, violently to you, uh, over, overstepping your borders. And in the morning you wake up and you realize, oh, this was a dream. This was actually happening within me. This violence in the dream is within me. It's not coming from outside. It's me. Dreams are wonderful for that kind of insight. Dreams are wonderful to reflect back to you the different, the different aspects of your being, particularly the aspects which are in the so-called shadow, the parts we don't want to see in ourselves, and we love to see them in others. So there's some more kind of provisional approaches to hold other people dear. One of them is, and after the break I, I want to lead a meditation, one of them is to appreciate how dependent we are on others. So Langritangpa in his text says, others are like a wish-fulfilling jewel. So the wish-fulfilling jewel is a myth of these uh, amazing jewels which can, yeah, which fulfills all wishes. It's the jewel Shenrezig, uh, you know, in his, in his hands you see this blue shimmering Jewel, that's the wish-fulfilling jewel, the jewel of bodhicitta. So not only are we depending on others in terms of food, shelter, on others in terms of learning, uh, we are social beings. 
Relationship is the most important aspect of your human life. This is what our life, what as social animals, which makes our life meaningful. Relationships, friendship. This is definitely part of the meaning of our life as humans, as friendship. And in order to have friends, there need to be people. There need to be others. We have mothers, we have fathers, we have families. Probably for most of us, none of the food you have eaten eaten in this life, you grew yourself. This room is made by others. This is uh, different than an attitude of, oh, I'm alone and I can figure it out myself. I take care of myself. I can't trust anyone. I'm independent. Even what we know, uh, what we have learned in our life, not only the spiritual teachings, but everything. I mean, I think I, if I'm honest and I look into what I say and what I do, I think I didn't have one creative idea in my life. There's sometimes in other people, they have new ideas, trailblazers, really bring into the human consciousness something new. Yeah. It didn't happen here so far. Whenever I sit here and I say a sentence, it comes from somewhere else. And most of the time I actually still know where it comes from. My narrative self likes to claim them. <laughs> and hide the source. <laughs> so after the break I want I want to uh, lead you into this meditation and most of you have done it before where uh, we go back into our life and appreciating all the people who have contributed to our to our life uh, which when we make it really uh, I mean when we really go into uh, into this we we start to discover that uh, we are connected with all beings All beings have contributed to our life. And there is also, within that, there is also starting to see that even the challenging people are the ones who are contributing to our life. 
it's uh, it's the challenge in people where we can where we can develop genuine compassion i mean it, it's beautiful to have care and compassion and warmth to people we like and to people who are good to us that's beautiful yeah. but that's a, that's a kind of limited kind of it's a limited kind of compassion so we need even the difficult people in our life. That's where we are challenged. That's where we. That's where our limits are reflected to us. We can't practice without difficult people. So that's one. Uh, in this uh, this meditation is one of the preparations for bodhicitta within the bodhicitta training it's called the meditation on equanimity no it's a, on um, on the kindness of others the meditation on the kindness of others often being done through the kindness of the mother The second uh, meditation in the preparation for bodhicitta, that's the meditation of, on, on equanimity. So this is the, the reflection on the fact that we all struggle. We all want to be happy and we all try to avoid suffering. And this includes also successful people. They also struggle. They also suffer. They suffer and will suffer from old age, sickness and death and loss. So the insight into all-pervasive, common human suffering. It's another powerful meditation which might help us to start to hold other people dear, to feel a sense of kinship as fellow travelers on this amazingly difficult human life. It's not easy to come to that inside because it means also to dive deeply into your own struggle, into your own pain. You know, stopping to pretending that everything is fine because it's not fine. It's hard for everyone. So there can be a tenderness 
towards beings, including the animals, because we are sitting in the same boat. So the challenge here is out of habit. We spend most of the time within the identification with the narrative self, which is a preoccupation with me, mine, myself. So these kind of uh, meditations, once we found something which works for us, something which we feel is meaningful, uh, that we have to work on it, we have to repeat. More than as, more than taking it as an intellectual discussion in our head, but actually uh, bringing our body into the meditation, feeling the possibility to hold other people dear, to feel it in the body. And you can't, uh, you know, you can't be violent there. Like, oh, I should. And we are all different, so it's your job to find your own words, your own moves within that kind of meditation. Not putting on a straitjacket of uh, words or practices which, which are just not uh, working for you. So you try out different methods and then you disregard those where you feel no that's not that's not working for me. It worked for the Dalai Lama, but not for me. So what else is there? Try not to stick with a practice which is not empowering you. I mean, not like after trying it once, yeah? So, but uh, if you have worked with the meditation, with the reflection for a few months and you notice it's just not lightening me up, then try something else.
So let's go to the second and then we will have a break. Whenever I am with others, I will practice seeing myself as the lowest of all. And from the very depths of my heart, I will respectfully hold others as supreme. Whenever I am with others, I will practice seeing myself at the as the lowest of all. And from the very depths of my heart, I will respectfully hold others as supreme. So definitely, this doesn't mean, uh, this is not an encouragement for low self-esteem. <laughs> So this is a practice for someone who is in contact with its, with his or her intrinsic value, with his or her intrinsic beauty. really beautiful example for this where you can observe this is uh, within uh, when you observe His Holiness the Dalai Lama how, how he, he relates to others I mean here he is the superstar and and he takes care to meet the cleaner in the room not from uh, a position of superiority, uh, but from a position of service, of love, of respect, on the same level. What can I do for you? How can I help? I see you as an equal. And, and there's like little things which come to my mind where that kind of attitude uh, is shining through. I remember many years ago I, I just was a monk for I don't know maybe a few weeks and uh, and then uh, I met this uh, senior monk. Uh, he has been he had been ordained for like thirty years or something like that. Yeah. And teacher. And uh, he was just sitting there somewhere in a dining room. I don't remember where it was. With some of other with some other senior monk monks. And I approached this, that table. And he got up and stepped towards me and greeted me, you know, as like as a brother. And this was so this impressed me so much. I 
thought, wow. Many people, they would just, okay, uh, it's just like, just someone like they are slower than me like because I'm 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 this I have this position I have this I have this CV who are you to want to talk with me yeah so it's these little things I, it's still in my mind and I aspire to be the same Then I remember uh, when I was uh, the director in Malanda Monastery, there was this uh, guy who did some weeks of retreat in the monastery. And in the end he said to me, the most wonderful thing for me and the most impressive thing for me was cooking with you together in the kitchen and you are the director of this place and you are still cooking for everyone why don't you take yourself from the cooking list because I made it (laughs) and it's not that I mean the wonderful thing there is it brings joy to me first doing it but also then his joy in it what became my joy. And probably you have had experiences like this where you where you were surprised that the CIO of your company was just treating you like an equal. You know, the senior doctor in a hospital where you are a patient He treats you like an equal, not from a role of superiority, seeing you as a person. Those things like that happens and people, some people have that naturally. And they actually actively uh, work against that kind of projections, that kind of hierarchy. And you know how it feels. It's so beautiful to be seen and to be met and to be listened to and to be treated respectfully. Oh, what do you have to say? There was a student in Malmö. I think he was 92. Something like that. And he said to me, I'm your oldest student. (laughs) And he was one of the pioneers of humanistic psychotherapy in Sweden. And he had written books and worked, you know, with, I mean, you know, people, uh, you know, the founders of uh, psychotherapeutical methods in the West. And he had trained with them. And here he was with, with 93. Oh, what do you have to say? I'm here. I, 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 I want to learn. I want to listen. He was curious.
so uh, th this was like and he was he was just also resting in himself and his life experience obviously uh, so it was not like uh, so here being the lowest is not has nothing to do with you know disrespect to yourself or uh, it's difficult to kind of <coughs> find the right word but I think you get what I mean yes mm, I'm just uh, thinking about uh, to, to, re to uh, see yourself as, as the lowest it is in a way maybe harder when you are the cleaner or if you're because you can uh, not you can mm. have a good self-esteem of course mm. uh, or when you are the lowest in a hierarchical uh, structure mm. because it's uh, it is beautiful that someone maybe the high chief doctor or so does that but it's different when you mm. are maybe the youngest or the most right. experienced to sort of mm. I don't know what you what do you think? I'm, what would I'm be what would be a, a what would be a direction to go for the one who is the lowest in the hierarchy? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about mm. it, and now I'm sort of in the, I'm in the, my workplace. I'm work we have many many psychologists, and one also is um, and and the cleaners. I always like. They are always quiet, and they are different. And that, so I'm, I'm trying to think how would, I don't know. I, I, it's a, it's something that I'm, I don't have an answer to. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah. So if, if because you sometimes when you, you see yourself as lower, like in a, a hierarchy, mm -hmm. then I guess it's not that that is intended. I don't know what. It's easier when you're. Oh, I'm. I'm so. Mm. I'm so low, but I know more than that. <laughs> you know, it's. It's. Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, it's just something that came up. Yeah, I yeah, don't know it's a answer. good point. Uh, uh, still, so what I would good. try now is to imagine myself walking in the shoes of a cleaner, and. Uh, how that feels and what would be wholesome. Yeah. I guess I'm getting at also that because we are all privileged in some ways and I guess we are all not privileged in other ways. I mean, I'm uh, an academic and I had a good and then I'm also like a single mother so sometimes I feel really like not the norm and, and I feel like lower than everyone all my colleagues with mm. married and so so I guess it's also mm. to not only imagine mm. uh, that that also yeah. find find it already because then yes. you're mm. in a way above yeah. it's not so easy and mm. to find where where so Where am I actually feeling yeah, like that? That's right. I can imagine also for her or him, oh, how is it to feel like him, but also to find that spot where you actually have experienced, I guess. So what would, uh, what would be a, a wholesome 
direction for you as the single mother when you feel sometimes lower? I mean, it's really uh, uh, wholesome to also find uh, community mm -hmm. and share that. I mm -hmm. mean, to know others who, who are maybe yeah. in the same situation or who are not like in the normative in that way. Mm -hmm. To not only see what I don't have, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Because I also find I also actually find it wholesome to see myself um, as the I mean I can also relate to that. that yeah, but that that, that kind of lowest is the is the like the unwholesome yes. kind of lowest. Yeah. Like that's like a lack of self respect. Yeah. But also the other part, I, I think I'm trying to get both parts of it. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's very good. It, so this is a good example of our uh, exploration now, how, how a first like this can, uh, uh, can help us uh, to look inside and increase our self-discovery self and introspection. That so now by reflecting on it, one can become aware. Ah, yeah, there's different aspect personalities there. Yeah, and they need different kinds of medicine. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I can share something uh, from my own experience. Um, you no, know, taking care of my mother. So that would be you know, cooking, cleaning, going shopping. And it's slow. I mean, it's like uh, there's no, uh, you know, uh, there's no it's a, such a simple simple activity and I could feel how oh, I'm wasting my time I, I, I could you know I could be the teacher somewhere uh, in like in the the top dog <laughs> um, and also when I was in Nalanda in the monastery I like this uh, simple service, cleaning the toilet, and I, I, um, for me, it's for me it's about in in that kind of activities. For me, it is about enjoying and being proud of simple acts of service. So if I imagine myself, and I, sometimes I wish I, I, I would 
spend more time in that kind of activities. I would wish for myself in this kind of positions that I would be proud and fulfilled with the service I give of cleaning a room for another person. To empower myself as the single mother, as the servant, as the person who makes breakfast for someone, as the person who takes care of your sick partner, you're not putting it down. Appreciating the little things. I have been working as a cleaner uh, many times uh, as my work. Mm -hmm. So um, I have never felt that I am the lowest one. Mm -hmm. uh, the last How did you do that? What? How did you do that? Uh, I, I felt like I was equal to the other people mm -hmm. working in this. Mm -hmm. I was working in, in the last uh, working place where I cleaner was in a daycare center for children. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other one was working there with the children and the cooker. And I felt, I, and I was treated like uh, equal to them. So I felt mm -hmm. respectful to me. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, so that was uh, that was then quite easy. So they didn't treat you. Yes, uh, but I think it is also depending on how I how I depend on myself right. in, on, at the work. Yeah. How I felt mm -hmm. for the working because I feel I, I have a feeling that to work to, to clean is an important work. It mm -hmm. is. It, how can yeah. I look if we didn't clean? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I, I remember when. Norma uh, Pema was here. He, he, he said that uh, when he came ho back home to New York, he, he said, oh, it's so dirty here. Why is it so dirty here? They, they said when he has been away. Oh, it's not. It's because I'm not being here and cleaning, he said <laughs> to them <laughs> who is living here. So, yeah. so it's, 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 it's so important. Yes. So it's, and I, I, I think I have felt that and I was younger also, that, that it is important work. What, what would you say to a person who has a cleaning job who feels low, in the sense of, I'm, oh, I'm just this cleaner, uh, and I don't contribute much? Uh, it is what you are doing. Mm. I, have, I said that I have also been a cleaner. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 